0: at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Zero Ducks Given. And once again, it is myself, Toby Tarrant. It is Mr. Daniel Norcross. And look who decided to show up this week after not being able to make it last week and fitting us into his busy schedule. Stephen Finn is here. Finny, sometimes I worry like this podcast isn't the most important thing that's happening in your life.
0: It's quite possibly the least important thing that's ever happened to me, ever. Not even just in my life at the moment, but ever, I'd say. So, yeah, the fact I've shown up this week, you're lucky, actually, because I'm two days into a four-day game. Um, And I considered pulling the pin on it, but because there is a good bloke in there somewhere, I decided to turn
2: up. Thanks very much. Do you mean there's a good bloke inside me or a good bloke inside you?
0: No, there's not a good bloke inside you. I was going to say something a lot worse then as well, but I stopped myself because I'm now wary that we have 11-year-old listeners.
2: I could see the cogs turning. You went, there's a joke about a man inside Toby somewhere and I'm just going to skirt around it and move on. See, that's growth. That's growth. Uh, Daniel Norcross, great to see you. Apparently, we recorded a podcast last week. I've got no memory of it, but apparently it happened.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think I spent 15 minutes trying to hear you, or you spent 15 minutes trying to hear me. I mean, that was basically what happened last week, and then when we did hear each other, we got we're none the wiser at the end of it. Yeah. So it was the most perfect exercise in futility I think I've ever been engaged in. Yeah, well... But, you know, okay. It was, it was it was fun while it lasted. Just, just a couple of observations on the week. Um, better Call Saul is really so much better than Ozark. I mean, I'm just putting that out there now. I don't I, think it's a very controversial view.
2: I loved Breaking Bad. I got bored of Better Call Saul after oh, two no. seasons. No, yeah. you, you know,
1: you've got to get back into it, honestly. Yeah. And the end of Ozark is absolutely the maddest thing I've ever seen. The last 14 episodes of that series, they made me a bit annoyed, actually. They made me more annoyed than the way that... People have reacted to England being bowled out for 110 today. And that's saying something because that's annoyed me as well. Well, we'll so, come to
2: that. We'll come to that yeah. because there's been a lot of vitriol on Twitter towards the England batting lineup today. Um, but before we do any of that, we need to talk about the fact that Finney just mentioned there. Oh, yes, he is two days into a four day game currently. So
1: he's if two. You're he's two to sorry, this, he's not no, he's he's two days into a ten day game there. It's just that they're
2: only hmm. really gonna play it for four days. That's true. It's gonna feel like ten days. So um, at the time of recording. Now, Finney, you may remember, if you listen to the podcast regularly, has mentioned the fact that groundsmen are on a revenge mission this season after getting criticism all winter after England capitulated in the ashes, getting criticism that we prepare green pudding pitches that are a waste of everyone's time so that little dibbly-dobbler-seam bowlers can run in and take wickets and it doesn't develop the test team and yada, yada, yada. Well, Finney reckons they're preparing absolute roads this season and they've got short boundaries at Sussex as well. So Sussex batted first. Let's start with the batting. Let's go through Finney's rollercoaster of a game so far. So first of all, Tom Haynes uh, broke his hand opening the batting for Sussex. And get well soon, Tom Haynes. He's out for about five or six weeks, I reckon. But get well soon. So, Toby,
1: there's a, there's, a, there's a bit of bounce in this pitch then. There's a little bit. Oh, yeah. There. People put their back into it. Oh, it's a mind a hand. And, and
2: yeah. Anyone who can bend their back and, you know, get the ball above about 75 miles an hour would be an absolute handful on the. Oh, that, well,
1: you'd imagine, wouldn't you?
2: And so uh, Tom Haynes had to retire injured, and he's back hopefully in five or six weeks. So they looked around the changing room, and they thought, who's the man for a crisis? Who's the man to lead these fine gentlemen? And amazingly... They scanned around the room and they they must have forgotten. Che must have been in the toilet because somehow they chose our very own Stephen Finn to step in and captain Sussex. And he obviously inspired the batsmen, 588 for nine. So 588 for nine, Stephen Finn, who, lest we forget, said all preseason he was batting like a right-handed Matthew Hayden. Out of a score of 588 for nine, Finney, you got a free ball duck do you want to talk us through what happened there
0: well yeah i left the first one away swinger i defended the second one away swinger um and then i got an inside edge and was outside the line of the uh, of the inswinger and got given lbw
1: oh now oh you hit it you hit it you was the umpire you hit it you I think i hit it you think i thought players know when they've hit the ball they keep on telling you no, well, there was a woody there was a woody
0: feeling on my back. And I'm sure I was outside the line of off stump anyway, but but yeah, I got got fired off.
1: And it's a Woodstock bat, so you know that it's a magical bat. It ought to be able to hit the ball. Um, Who was the umpire?
0: I'd rather not name names because I probably will get in trouble for it.
1: But we could find out, couldn't we? I mean, we'll we'll find out. We'll put it on the show. Well, it was
0: either Neil Pratt,
2: (laughs) Benjamin Debenham, or Peter Such. Uh, Peter Such would be the match referee, right? So it's between the other two. Um, rollercoaster of emotion Sussex 588 for nine because Haynes had to retire injured Finney leads the boys out so talk me through the huddle Finney you're captain now the whole change of room's looking at you Pajara's thinking who the bloody hell is this bloke who's used to be captain by Virat Kohli and, uh, and what do you say to this team when you've got those runs on the board
0: inspirational stuff obviously but I wouldn't divulge with either of you because one, I don't think your tiny little minds could comprehend it, and two, it's that's sacred from within the dressing room. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I would not actually let people know what what I said, but it was along the lines of "Let's just um, take some wickets, let's have a lot of energy, we'll take <laughs> oh. some wickets, yes,
1: yeah. energy, and take some wickets." Yep, yeah, that's yes. rousing. Henry V, the Agincourt style stuff we've come to expect. Yes, and then mm-hmm. and
2: then you lead them out, and you captain, you go, lads. Chuck me the ball, lead by example. <laughs> I'll set the tone in the field. Finney runs in. First ball of the innings.
1: Oh, it's a biggie? Ah, Azad as well. He's bowling Hassan out. Azad
2: sneak. a off. huge wicket. That is a huge That's wicket. a huge wicket. If you can wicket.
1: get him, if you can get him,
2: did he he got him? Did he? He got him. He oh. got him. And so Finney, at this point, you know, people are thinking, oh my God, this is the Stephen Finn we signed for Middlesex. This is the guy that tore it up all those years for England. He's back. Um, and at this point, you know, what you're saying in the huddle, one ball in, what do you say now?
0: There's not a lot to be said, is there? You've done your job, hit a length, he nicked it, mm. move on to the next one.
1: Easy game, captaincy, isn't it, really? Exactly. And then 40, no, it's really not. 47 <laughs> overs
2: later, Leicestershire finished overnight 159 for one. <laughs> well,
0: um, they're still 430 behind.
1: Yeah, that is a positive way of looking at it, uh, definitely. Get, get your uh, how head many? So there's 96 overs tomorrow. So if they go yeah. at four and over, if they do a bit of, you know, we can't say Baz ball anymore because he doesn't like the term. Uh, Brendan McCullum ball. Yeah. Then um, they go at what, four and a half? I'm going to give them a rousing speech. Leicester should need a rousing speech. I gave you a rousing four speech. Four and a half, mean, half and
0: over. We'd have to bowl a pile of shit to go at four and a half and over.
1: That's what I'm saying. Four and a half. I think that's about reasonable. <laughs> so that'll take You're you. You're to-
0: right. 4.8.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that gets them to parity. Then the pitch starts breaking up under the hot sun, probably about like just just declare a little bit after lunch Set you will, well, not setting you. I mean, you just basically got a deficit of 140 with 60 overs to survive. It's breaking up. It's breaking up. Callum Parkinson ragging it square. Could be an awkward fourth day, that. Mm. Well, it could be an awkward third day, really, as well. I mean, from your point of view, the awkward fourth day is not going to be that awkward. You're just going to lie with your feet up until you dragged out to bat with 25 minutes to go.
2: <laughs> now, if if Brendan McCullough and Ben Stokes have been installing, you know, we can't say it, Baz Ball, but um, Brendan McCullough ball into the England team. Finney, what style of captain are you going to be on the field? Can we expect some funky fielding positions tomorrow? Can you just go, can you just tear up the manual tomorrow? I want to tune into that YouTube feed and just see you just with the weirdest field set. Why not? It's 159 for one. Yeah,
0: Short stuff. We had a couple of strange runs today, actually. We had a couple of, um, we had a catcher at Silly Mid-Off and Silly Mid-On to the seamers. Oh,
1: um, that's funky.
0: In the, Within the first 10 overs, within the first 10 overs. Oh, is it, is it that slow? Two this, straight is it, catches is on it, the wicket.
1: Is this wicket so yeah. that slow? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and um, the balls are that soft. It's like bowling with an orange on the M1. It's good.
2: <laughs> now, we chatted about this. I, messaged, I tuned into TMS the other week, and Daniel Norcross was chatting about the fact that there was a mid-on and mid-off. And you said on comms, I don't think I've ever seen anyone actually get caught there. And I, like the sadder that I am, message you saying, Matthew Hayden caught Strauss-Bold Hoggard in the 2005 Ashes. And that is literally the only other wicket I can remember being caught there. But maybe Sussex tomorrow are going to get all nine remaining wickets caught in front of the wicket at Silly Mid-On and Silly Mid-Off if Finney keeps setting funky fields like this.
0: See, this is this is where you don't have a clue about cricket, (laughs) and you don't understand cricket in the slightest, because you don't place those men there in order to get the catch there. You place the men there so the batter tries to hit it squarer with half a bat, and that's how you get edges or you get lbws when they're trying to play across the line. So. You sort that little balding head out and, and try and understand cricket for a change. Yeah, I and, mean, essentially, and come back to me when you've read the manual. If,
1: if your if your bowlers are so arthritic that they can't actually in their follow through to the left hander just be where that mid on was going to be in the first place, then, of <laughs> course, you know, and that is an issue, I think, you know, for Philly. And so I imagine that's why he's got those two fielders that straight, really, because he just basically well, he's on the ground most of the time in his follow through. Yeah, so someone's got to. Collect the ball that's hit straight back past him, and and somebody's got to ch-
2: one mid on's there to to protect Finney when he's fallen over, and the other one's there to chuck the bail back to the
1: umpire <laughs> that he's just knocked off. <laughs> yeah, but ser- but seriously though, ser- quite I say okay, like, seriously, nothing on this podcast is serious. Um, you've you talked about these balls, we've talked about the balls in the past. Are, are they getting any better? Are they just equally dreadful? Have you changed in, in this hundred and eighty odd for one? Have you had to change any yet?
0: No, because one of our blokes got hit into the stands and it took a big chunk out of the rough side and then it started reverse swinging. So right. I'm not going to change it for now whilst it's reverse swinging.
1: Okay, that's positive. But it's, it's, actually, it, it's... Is a,
0: it, it is like an oval. The ball's like a soft oval shape. It looks like an egg.
1: This is a, this is a real issue though, isn't it? Because, I mean, you, we've been blaming... Well, it is. It, you, like, look
0: you... around the country. I mean, yeah. look, look at the scores around... Look at the scores around the country today. There's there's some ludicrous scores going on. I mean, there's some low ones as well, but they must have produced like buddy farmers' fields. But yeah, there's I some mean, there's some monster scores knocking yeah. around the country. I mean it's, it's, Somerset it's it's, set
2: four, four, six, Lancashire and Replier one, six, four for North overnight, Yorkshire five hundred and twenty-one all out, Surrey 191 for and- one. In and reply, what's interesting in some Toby, runs being scored has to be said
1: and Toby, what's interesting at in all these is that you see actually some early wickets of the new ball because the new ball does seem to actually behave I mean when we're doing, crunching the numbers on TMS, the one to 30 overs with these balls in Test cricket have actually been slightly lower average than they were last year it's like 28 to 29 and a half. It's what happens at 30 from 31 to 80. You can't get a wicket with them. They're like 61, 62 is the average, which is insane. So, you know, what, what you look at when you look at the scores, I think Surrey had quite a few Yorkshire wickets down quite early. They had them 46 for two. They had them 190-odd for four or something. Huge partnership. Huge partnership happens against the older ball. And then by that stage, the bowlers are completely knackered when they take the second new ball and two batters are in, which is basically what Mitchell and Blundell did throughout the Test Series. And it's being replicated around the country, the best place to bat at the moment. Wouldn't you reckon, Finney, is about five in county cricket? You're going to nail that, five or six. You're going to absolutely nail that. Yeah.
0: And then it starts getting really hard again once it gets to (laughs) ten.
2: Yeah, it starts doing all sorts around the time. Number ten strides out. Bloody starts hooping around corners. Um, Well, let's talk about hooping around corners. Let's move on. To the England versus India ODI that happened uh, earlier today at the time of recording, where England, well, we're not used to seeing this England white ball side like this. 110 all out, and although the bowling lineup was uh, not very recognisable, Roy, Bearstow, Root, Stokes, Butler, Livingston, Moeen, Alley. So it's not a bad top order. That obviously. It's doom and gloom on Twitter because cricket Twitter is always England are the best team in the world when they win and the worst team in the world when they lose. Um, and obviously, no Owen Morgan, so people are pointing at that. Before we get too carried away, we should remember that it was only recently we were sat on this very podcast talking about this England batting lineup setting the highest ODI score of all time. Now, I know it was against the Netherlands, but they haven't become a bad batting lineup overnight. And also, it's worth mentioning that Boomerut was absolutely unplayable at times today. He bowled so incredibly well. Um, but obviously, Finney, it's, um, it is rare seeing this England white ball team like this. And with World Cups around the corner, they've got a brand new coach in Matthew Mott and they've got a brand new captain in, in Josh Butler. So I guess, was this to be expected a little bit after a side have been so successful for so long?
0: I, first and foremost, I've been playing cricket all day, so I didn't see it. I've not seen any of the wickets, so I'm not really qualified to talk about the game that happened today. But
1: You're like a Tory um, frontbencher coming on the Today programme. Mm. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I haven't seen that. I mean, like, you've, had, you've had four I hours to up.
0: Making the big calls, getting the big calls right. <laughs> um, he's got a huge mandate, whatever that means. Yep, so he has to stay on and deliver. I haven't said any of that shit, so... So don't um, don't tarnish me with that. Bro.
2: I'll tell you what, this isn't a bad idea. What about Finney for PM? Everybody else has chucked their name into
1: the hat and there's Might maybe be a bit late, but the 1922 committee keep on changing the rules the whole time. I think they'd change the rules for Finney. I'd vote for you, Finny. I've heard of you more than half the people that put their hand up this week. Yeah, what's a penny mordant?
2: Uh, anyway, hashtag Finney for PM when you listen to this podcast, wherever you're listening from. Don't forget to tweet at Zero Ducks Pod, hashtag Finney for PM it's between Finney or Ebedot Hussein who I'd like to be the next Prime Minister of the UK but we're, we're going into a, a politics tangent which is dangerous in this day and age
1: Has Khaled um, Ahmed gone from your soul so quickly? I oh mean yeah, that, we, that man's the future he no, is the future That's true we need
2: to, we need to talk about Colin Ahmed more in the future um, but yeah Finney um, it, it's obviously no need to panic I just think the England cricket fans aren't used to seeing this batting lineup fail basically in the last 5-6 years
0: Yeah and there's something these the white balls, we talk about the red balls doing nothing, but the T20 that I watched last week um, at the Aegeus Bowl, when Ashdeep Singh and Bhuvneshwar Kumar opened the bowling, I think that's the most swing there's ever been in the first six overs of a T20 game. So I don't know whether there's some swinging magic inside these um, inside these white balls that the Indians are mag- uh, managing to find. But yeah, the ball does seem to have done a little bit more uh, with the white ball, and India must have exploited that very well today because they've got class
1: bowlers. I, I watched all, all of England's innings. It didn't take an enormously long time. It shouldn't really be an ODI. It was an HDI. Really, it was a half-day international. It was um, amazing watching Bumrah bowl. I mean, it was it was fantastic. He already bowls from a yard further forward than anybody else because of his release point being so ludicrously extended. So he's already quick. And he was getting the ball to swing in, in, away, in. I mean, he was just basically changing it up time after time, but always with great pace. And it was extremely challenging. But it was one of those things where, you remember when, uh, obviously Finney remembers it very well, when England bowled out Australia for 60 at Trent Bridge. Every single false shot, little push at the ball, found a nick and was taken spectacularly by punt. Diving in one direction or the other, one-handed. I was an inside edge from Stokes. You know, tiny little inside edge. You don't see wickets like that very often in one-day internationals. It was a sort of perfect storm, really. And that five of those people that you've mentioned there were playing. What was it? Was it the first time since the World Cup final? It was something insane like that, Mm -hmm. that Bairstow, Roy, Stokes, Root and Butler had played in the same team since then. Um, they've also not played a great deal of one-day internationals, and it was muggy, it was humid, it was ball swinging around corners, Bummer and Shammy are absolutely brilliant, They're really brilliant bowlers, and it was a perfect storm, everything went wrong. Um, and, you know, if they'd won the toss, they'd have bowled, and it wouldn't have happened like that. India might have very well have won, but it wouldn't have happened in that disastrous kind of way. So, you know, you move on, and you go to Lords, where it will swing around corners in humid conditions oh, i don't know actually i think thursday's supposed to be a little bit better so i've got tickets on thursday so hopefully uh, it's not a that. repeat
2: performance that. of that but yeah hopefully I'm- hopefully it's not a repeat performance of that um anyway let's not hit the panic button just yet but uh let's to make ourselves feel better about that england performance focus on a uh, a failing indian cricketer so virat kohli missed the game with a minor minor strain what are although, you doing
1: what are you doing toby this is not this is not how we get listeners we do no not this is it look here's totally. the thing
2: do you know what dan no. or i sit here every week and we talk about having four listeners and there's over a billion cricket fans in india who haven't yeah. tapped into this podcast yet and we've tried being nice and complimentary about india and where's it got us four listeners that we can name that we know their yeah. first names do you know what if yep. being nice by India is not going to get any traction over there, let's go the other way. I've sat and watched in recent years people, you know, just <laughs> say just contrary opinions just to get listeners and likes on Twitter and voted into voted into very important international positions. And it's my bloody turn. This is it. I'm going to get Indian listeners by slagging them off, okay?
1: Can I, can I just say on behalf of myself, and I suspect Stephen Finn, that we don't endorse this particular editorial point of view, but we will watch on with great fascination and see how the rest of your life unfolds.
2: Okay. Well, I'm ready. I'm. I, you know, if they're burning effigies of me in the streets of Mumbai this time yeah. tomorrow, all publicity not, just, is
1: good publicity, isn't it? So remember oh, what yeah.
2: Oscar Wilde said: "There's only one thing worse than being talked about, and that's not being talked about." Remember You're that. Good. Virat Kohli, he's finished, isn't he? He's done. He's a. He's a past it. He's a just has injured. been. That's all happened. He was just no, injured. And yeah, but let's forget. I mean, yeah, forget about the injury. He's, you know, he's, he's been injured, you know, mentally for the last three years. He's gone. His head's shot to pieces. He's never going to score another 100 again as long as he lives. Um, he, did pull up, he did bring up one century in the last few weeks. He's now got 100 games in all competitions without a century. Nearly three years since he last scored a ton. If it was anybody else, if that was anybody other batsman in the world, he wouldn't be getting near, near that Indian side with the talent that they've got, with the pool of players they can choose from. He's averaging less than 30 in tests over the last couple of years. Trim Bolt's averaging more than him. He's gone. India need to cut their losses. He's had an amazing career, but he's passed it, and he's never going to score any runs again. Finney, I, I can see you agree, even though you're afraid to admit it, don't you?
0: I'd like Sal to clip that and see what I was doing, please, whilst, um, whilst you were talking absolute drivel. Next.
2: <laughs> Come on, I'm telling. Well, name me another player in world cricket that would be that would score that few runs for that long with players knocking on the door and be left in the side. Come on, Is Z- you know Craw- Zach Crawley. He's not done it to the same level as Virat Kohli. Uh,
1: oh, uh, well, well, uh, Kushal Mendis for quite a long time uh, was doing that. Tim B- Bavuma didn't score a lot of runs for quite a long time. You can see class. That's the thing, Toby. And I think. I think Finney agrees with me here. You can see class and you know that Cody's going to come good at some point. I'm incidentally just you know, making uh, sure that everything's going to work out fine for me, if not for you. Finney, we need, might need to get another host. you <laughs> got any ideas?
0: Yes, somebody talking parrot or Mr. Blobby could do a better job.
1: Yeah, so. I, 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 I know a talking parrot. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. All, all parrots oh. talk, you fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I know
2: a talking parrot. No, you know a parrot, is what you... They don't all, all talk. You get some quite
1: introverted parrots, actually. There are some parrots, it's very difficult to get anything out of at all. You know, they might have been slightly traumatised, they didn't like the cage they were put in when they were taken away from the beautiful forests of Malawi that they uh, grew up in, and were nurtured, and then were seized from the very highest perch by a very good, clambering, quite alive man who got there and mesmerised him, stuck him in a cage, shoved him off to Biggles Wade and um, is, is there... specifically yeah I mean I, I can't think of anything worse if you were from so, the so this is it so I'm going to die on this hill am I slagging off that Coley? all right no, you, well when we, no, when you make when a we strong get, point you make a strong point when we get Toby. a billion listeners
2: from India yes. even if they hate us and your Twitter timelines filled with people going oh you two are great oh, I love you Daniel I love you Finney I hate Toby I want every single penny we make, because the thing with podcasts is honesty, you don't make it? money it's based honesty. on people enjoying the show. You just make no. money purely on people listening. So when we've got a billion listeners this time next week, don't come crawling to me when you want your slice of the pie, all right? All right. I'm going to be living it up.
1: I mean, I, I, I thought you were coming at it from an honesty angle myself, Toby. I didn't realise you were coming at it from a purely venal, financially curious world.
2: I just but want I, to get Finney paid
1: so he stops moaning. But you make a strong point. He hasn't scored a lot of runs for quite a long time. Um, and that's true. And everyone keeps on reminding him of that fact. <laughs> uh, but but there, there are sort of reasons for it, aren't there? But you're right. I mean, there, there will be in certain formats be a bit of pressure, especially in T20, because, you know, in the IPL, India produces a vast quantity of fantastic hitters. And in a similar kind of way, to the way Joe Root isn't in England's T20 plans, you can see Barrett Cody not being in those plans. And there might the slippery slope start. Who knows? Who knows? But I suppose you know, he's been okay
2: before this recent drought. So I suppose he was pretty a, good. So maybe there's a little bit of credit in the bank. But you know, I'm test not having. Average, it.
1: Test average is lower than Root, so isn't it? So I suppose he well, exactly. He's a poor man's Joe Root, and he
2: always has been. Now we should also move on to um, speaking of Virat Kohli failing in all formats, including the IPL. The funniest cricket story of the year so far, without question. And this is the fake IPL, which has been set up. So if you haven't seen this story, it is absolutely magnificent. So a group of farmers in India set up a live stream on YouTube of a game that they played in their field in a farm and convinced a load of Russians on the other side of the world. And it's definitely funnier because Russian people are the victims of this. They've set up a fake IPL tournament And tricked a load of Russians into thinking it was a genuine IPL and getting them to place bets on it. And if you've seen the footage going around of the standard, I mean, Finney thinks I play a bad standard. Even I couldn't believe that the Russians fell for this. It's devastating to think that Russians genuinely, we've tried to spread the gospel of cricket around the world for the last couple of decades, they genuinely believe that this is what the fuss has been about all this time. A load of blokes in a field somewhere chucking a ball down at each other. Degenerate
1: and- Western culture oh, <laughs> by evil England and his colonialist ambitions makes for rotund people swinging around on strange cabbage patch. He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's eye-opening when you watch the footage.
2: Um, genuinely, I, you know, now obviously we can't condone crime here on this podcast, but I reckon those guys, for the effort they put into it, I reckon let, let them keep the money. It's peanuts as well. They barely got a penny out of it. They got something ridiculous. They got something like
1: $4,000 out wait, of it Wait a minute, Topes. Wait a minute, There was $4,000 that were bet. So unless every single one of the actions, because to be really clear, what they did, they, they paid umpires what they paid. They got a bunch of farmers. And they got a bunch of umpires and they filmed it and they showed it. And the umpires gave signals to the players what was to happen next, whether it be a wide or whether it be a hit for four or whether somebody get out, etc., etc. That's a really deep level of fraud going on here. I mean, this is brilliant orchestration. And actually, I know you're right that the quality of cricket doesn't look awfully good, but the narrative of the game, they've kept to. So they've put in an awful lot of effort for this. Now, the figures we understand are $4,000 has been gambled Even if all $4,000 came back to the organisers, the average monthly salary for an Indian, and I know that's a complicated thing to work out, is $428 a month, right? So let's say that you have to pay somebody something in order to get 22 people, two umpires, a camera, (laughs) and a YouTube channel channel to show all this, right? How many people do you need to organise that? How much are they making each? If they're making $50 each, they'd do well out of that. I mean, (laughs) these guys have got to be let off. This has to be seen as situation as comedy. This is not a crime. I mean, it's $4,000 from Russians.
2: It's genius. Let them them out. Let them out. Do you know what? We should start a GoFundMe page.
1: Free the fake IPL who knows how many.
2: I, yeah. to be honest, <laughs> I, I don't like the IPL anyway. It's a load of teams I don't care about competing for a tournament I don't care about. I'm oh just Oh, God, as he's, going, this, off again, Finn, he's off
1: again, He's I'm off again. I'm just off as invested
2: again. in this fake IPL as I am in, as, as in the real one, to be honest with you. I think they're both equally watchable. Uh, now, we should also mention at the time of recording that the England women won by five wickets against the South African women in the ODI series, uh, thanks largely to an unbelievably good century from Emma Lamb as well. Uh, there were some other standout performers. In the game, but they're people we've talked about for being brilliant so many times, like Catherine Brunt, who was unbelievable, like Nat Siver, who was unbelievable. Um, but we need to mention Emma Lamb, who scored a wonderful 102 to comfortably steer England home. So, Finney, this leads me on to I was thinking about that. That's her first ever ODI ton, right? In her third ever game. So, I'm going to ask you now the bowler, bowling equivalent of a ton is a fifer. And those stats add up, by the way. If you look at Jimmy Anderson's five foot to test ratio, it's about the same as Joe Root's five foot to test rate, uh, hundred to test ratio. So mm. Finney, I'm going to ask you, right? That's Emma Lamb's first ever hundred for England. So Finney, I'm going to ask you how much you remember. And I bet you do. Your first ever first class five for.
0: Um, Essex at Chelmsford, I think. Oh, any good,
2: any good names in that five
0: mm, I can't remember. Mm. Was Cook in there? Cook definitely played in the game. I think, yeah. To be honest, I can't remember. But well, it's that bloody long ago. It's fourteen years ago. It's a, long it's a one in
1: two chance. There's a one in two chance. Toby, check it out. So he's saying what are you saying? 2008? 14? No, you played before two thousand eight, didn't you? Two
0: thousand, no, two thousand and nine. Two thousand nine was my first. Was my first championship five? I think Essex. Essex no, two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight. Yeah. Essex versus.
1: Middle, Middlesex? Middlesex. That's them, yep. Here we go. Oh, yeah. It's
2: not this one. I've, the scorecard I found, you went wickedless. <laughs> 2000, <laughs> 2008, you reckon, yeah? Bear yeah. with me. Yeah, championship
0: game.
1: Yeah, here we go. County championship. See, Let's Jeffrey Boycott look. would nail all of this. Oh, That's I found. Thing. I'm trying to get Finny to be a property TMS summariser. He's got to be able to be ego maniacal enough to remember all of his stats at the moment he's being too nice here I keep finding different scorecards
2: Finney you sent me on a wild game 12 homes number
0: 48 second innings oh no maybe it was 2009
2: then oh for God's sake here we go this is unbelievable We'll we'll clean this up in uh, we'll clean this up in post. Well, what a stupid bloody question to ask me! It's well, a pointless question. Well, I'm going to keep going through the match. I'm going to go through the other formats now. So this one you will remember. <laughs> so, so first ever Test five Come on.
0: Yeah, that was um, at Lords. Lords against against Bangladesh five for
2: eighty-seven. Oh, nice. now that's uh, that's easily findable. Uh, Tammy Iqbal. Trying to think you'd have been in that team.
1: Sommel, Musrika, Raheem. i got nine, court I court got court. Yeah. nine in the game.
0: Here you oh. are five for 57 off 21.3 overs. Oh, Finny. Christ, I'd pay a lot of money for that at the moment.
1: <laughs> well, actually, Sussex are paying a lot of money for that, and unfortunately, they're not getting it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, you. You went four for 100 in the first innings. You, you, you were always a you know, strike bowler, Finney, but then second innings, suddenly you had it on a string. Five for 87. Well bowled, Finney. Uh, ODI five, you got an ODI five for? Yeah, two of them. Oh, two of them. Come on, name them. You know you want to. Come on.
0: Um, India at Brisbane, five for 33. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Yeah, that was nice, actually. It was a nice bouncy wicket. Um, and then my other one included my my memorable World Cup hat trick about oh. two or three weeks later.
1: Five yes. for eighty-eight.
0: No, five for seventy one. <laughs>
2: that's the that's the hat trick that were where were they where were they caught nor caught? Well, one? in a score
0: in a score of three hundred and sixty or whatever they got, to go at seven and over actually wasn't shocking.
1: It was it was about right, wasn't it? If you don't include the late well, guys, yeah. which, which bowlers refused to do, so it was about par. But yeah, you've a you, stupid idea, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, as I say, it makes your figures all look better, and as a result, it's five for seventy-one rather than five for seventy-four, which would have made it slightly above par. And then uh, that that would have been a different way of looking at it, wouldn't it? But I I understand how you all kid yourselves. I mean, if everyone took five for seventy-one, well, they'd be bowled out for one hundred and forty-two. But if they all conceded seventy-one, they get three hundred and fifty-five. And I bet there were some leg buys in there. Actually, Toby, check how many leg buys there were. <laughs> <laughs> what, and you want to credit all those leg
2: buys to Finny's figures? Do you? You not want to? Not necessarily.
1: Assume that- not necessarily. I just want to like show how averages work out. How, it, how you kind of grade it through in innings. But <laughs> yeah, that was no. That was that was that was a good one. It was perfectly reasonable. It wasn't shocking. Someone would have done much worse in that bowling lineup. I love how the, the, he's got, he took a Pfeiffer against
2: Australia and the best you can come up with is somebody would have done worse in that line. <laughs> it's not great for your ego, this. Um, I just wanted to check. I assumed, Finny, that you would almost certainly remember all those things. Um, well, Emma Lamb, years from now, will remember that maiden ODI century. Uh, Finny, I've got loads of questions for you, actually, because I made a note a couple of weeks ago that I wanted to come back to. Brilliant. Yeah, you'll be delighted to hear. So do you remember a few weeks ago You talked about your uh, Under-19 World Cup trip with England, and you talked about the fact that your initiation, you had to sing a song on a table in TGI Fridays, was it? Something like that, yeah. And we said presumably everybody on the team had to be initiated because it's the Under-19 World Cup, so presumably pretty much everyone was making their debut. Um, Who else was in that England Under-19 squad? Because you didn't remember what song you sang, and I wonder if we can do some investigative journalism and see if anyone can remember what you treated. The good people of TGI Fridays, too.
0: Who else was there? Wokes, Dawson, James Taylor, Sam Northeast, uh, Stuart Meeker, Ben Brown, Billy Godelman, Tom Wesley. We actually had a very good team. I was gonna say um, that's a good team. Yeah, who else did we have? No one can you remember, remember what
2: before. can you remember what any of them sang in TGI Fridays on that fateful evening?
0: No, mate. Like, I know, I know. To you, this might be really interesting stuff, but it, it's not. It's, it's just not. I'm
2: just
1: desperate. To How know what am I you meant said.
0: to remember? How am I meant to remember what I sang 15 years ago in TGI Fridays in Kuala Lumpur? He makes you,
1: a tobe. He makes a really strong point. He can't remember his first five for in first-class cricket, his first five for in ODIs, and his first five for in T20s, and his first five for in Test matches. So, why should he be expected to remember what Sam Northeast sang <laughs> on <for> a table <laughs> in Kuala Lumpur? Now, I like Sam Northeast. He's a he's a lovely guy, uh, and he and he's got a certain charisma. But uh, I went to Hong Kong with him, and I can't really remember what it was that he sang in in the. There was a singing thing. I can't remember that. I would sympathize with Finney here. I think you're pushing him to a really unfeasible place. Well, Finney remembers cruel, now. Like Finney to.
2: does remember what he sang in that karaoke bar when him and the England team were absolutely levelled in the Caribbean that time after they got off a catamaran. He's told us that. Yeah. I think it was, I mean, yeah,
0: Craig David. That was also five years ago. So it gives me more of a chance of remembering it. <laughs> it's because
2: exactly. they're fast bowlers, because fast bowlers have got very short memories. Um they're very simple.
1: They're very well, you say that. C- Catherine Brunt doesn't. Catherine Brunt, I I remember being on, on air with Catherine Brunt, and she's germane because she took an incredible three for next to nothing in the game against South Africa. We forgot to mention her extraordinary contribution as a 37-year-old, basically the Jimmy Anderson of women's cricket. Um, I was on air with her in about 2015, 2016, or something like that, with Lydia Greenway. And they were just we were just chatting away perfectly happily until Catherine decided to remember that Lydia... I, I think I said Lydia was one of the best... Fielders that I've ever seen. And uh, Catherine said, quick as a flash, she dropped an absolute Sith bloody sitter at backward points in 2009 against India or something. And so they, they do have memories. It's just the things that they remember are entirely venal things that are about mm. themselves completely, mm. except in Finney's case, because Finney can't remember all of his great moments. I think he's like Buddha. Finney might, t- Finney might be Buddha. He might have reached a kind of enlightenment where he doesn't care for those sort of. Dreadful, solid. Well, I'm a team player. He's a team player. He's the captain, isn't he? He's a bloody captain.
2: We've we've put him forward for prime minister and compared him to Buddha on one podcast. Quite the quite the praise for Finny. And this he's week. still quite grumpy about it. i still grumpy. What? <laughs> all right, let's, okay. Let's test his memory the other way then. Let's test it that way. Okay. So Finney, some costly drops off your bowling. Are there? So who got dropped in a Test match off you that went on to get big runs, and who dropped it, and was it a goober? He knows, look well, at him, I'll you can you remember it, you can see his face, he remembers it, look at he, knows, he's he smiling. knows it entirely,
1: we, he knows him.
0: He... we got him, we yeah, found we it, have. here we, we got
1: go. Him. Yeah. Got him, got to go.
0: There's one, there's a couple that irk me in test matches. One was at Lord's, I'd had a tricky summer in 2016 in the test team, and like, I had... It, like not a great test. I, I fell over in a game at Scarborough for the Lords test against Pakistan. My knee had like ballooned up, like it was huge. So I was playing unfit, but because both Broad and Anderson weren't fit to play in that test match, I played it because I could still move around. It was just uncomfortable. And then, so I was bowling. I bowled when Ms. Borrell Huck, I bowled the ball that Ms. Haq Huck hit for his hundred and started doing press-ups in front of me <laughs> and on my run-up. Um, and then later on in that game, that I was noticing that in the press, people were talking about how I hadn't got a wicket for X amount of time in test cricket and and stuff. And I bowled this really good reverse swing spell from the nursery end at Lord's against their keeper, Sarfraz, and was like, he didn't score any runs off me. And I was like, probing, probing, got a thin outside edge. And Johnny Besto like, threw it on the ground basically um, just dropped it a simple chance like knee height. And, and yeah, that, that's the one that really bugs me because that would have like got the press and everyone off my back. But instead I got dropped for the next game. Then came in for the edge baston test of that series under like feeling real pressure with people like our friend George de Bell, right. And he should never play for England again. and um, mm-hmm. Other Journalist, it like front page stuff that you could see when you go down to breakfast and you can see Finn last chance saloon and stuff like that oh, that's like, horrible isn't it brilliant yeah not front
1: page don't kid yourself no there, back page back, back, back page, page yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I remember what? that greatly. and then what I took a few wickets in that test and ended up because it was reverse swing and again I love reverse swing I took a few wickets but there was a good photo in that next test match I Bowling round the wicket, and like away swing, away swing, away swing, and then a big in swinger and the batter left it and bowled him off stump. And I went off on like a victory lap of edge and punching the air and stuff. I never usually get that animated when I take a wicket, but I was, yeah I was fired up. And there's a good photo of me like half way back towards punching the air and all my teammates are trying to jump on me and then come close to chin in one of them.
1: <laughs> Edge Edg- 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 Baston, incidentally, is George de Bell's home ground, and Finney would know that full well. So he like he got him on his own. On his yeah, own nice turn. Finney. And Absolutely.
2: behind the really tasty macaroni and cheese stand just by the Holly stand, there's a photo of Finney taking wickets for England at Edge Baston. So there, there's
1: there's a, there's, a, there's one when you come in, when you go like you have to go through E2 now if you're a broadcaster, not E three, which is very annoying. So you go up through the through the lifts, out through floor three. You have to finagle through a bit of a catering area, and there's a bloody huge picture of Finney. in there just in this just in this sort of like desolate space holder between where you are and where you need to be, and there's nobody else there. But he's there. He's Finny. Is you around. me around? Edgbaston,
0: Edgbaston. You, you're yeah, all over there's, it. A, there's like I'm on the toilet doors in the hospitality. I'm on the toilet yeah.
2: doors. <laughs> um, I know. You know, <laughs> there's, some
0: there's pe- a picture of me. I think appealing like that on the toilet door. Edge <laughs> Baston's one of my or probably my favourite ground in the UK to play at and I've got my favourite memories there I think so yeah it's, it's somewhere that I'm glad that they've recognised that and erected a few pictures but I'm sure once the next round of advertising photos get done they'll be swiftly torn down oh that, never and who, 13, was the ba- who was the bats that Lord.
2: shouldered arms to you Finney and you knocked his off peg out can't remember fucking hell there we go again unbelievable <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were on a roll here I thought we'd finally unlocked the lobe of his brain can't remember Just talked about it was one of his favourite moments ever. He can't remember. Yeah, can't remember. All I remember is I took wickets. Probably number 11. Probably Chris Martin.
1: You said there were two drops, though. So you mentioned Johnny Bairstow. I mean, you know, you've just thrown the golden boy of English cricket at the moment, four centuries. That's why Finney didn't do the podcast Um, last week. He couldn't
2: praise Johnny Bairstow one more time.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) Um, But there was a second. And... Who could that be? If it if you if you're prepared to go with Berto, but you've kept the who's the second? Can we guess? No, the
0: second one was a tough chance, but it was still a drop. It was root at second slip, ah. but it was a it was a tough, It was like real forward. Misbah went to dig it out, and it like flew off the outside edge second slip. Like it was it was, it was catchable high. No, it was quite low, like ankle height. and it would have been a very very good catch, but it was still a drop. But that that doesn't irk me that much. The best one doesn't irk me, irk me. I've got over it five, six years on. Um, I've said irk a lot for a man who's not irked by it. He
1: has, hasn't he? He thinks he doth protest too much. Well, <laughs> no.
0: Looking at you two irks me greatly.
1: <laughs> Look, Catherine Brunt still holds it against Lydia Greenway. 14 years later, you're entitled to do it. Just Well, no, I, the, the
0: worst thing I could do is piss Johnny best off, because if I ever play against him, you'll smash me everywhere. So. <laughs> yeah. I need but to be great,
2: <laughs> great for England, though. Great for England if you could piss him off. Do you know what? He, he owes us. If you can get him on the podcast, Finney, because he's the golden boy of English cricket at the minute, and he owes you for that, and we'll call it a draw. It, we, you no, forgive because him.
0: Because you'll bring it up, and it'll be unbelievably embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, he won't so like no.
1: it. He won't like it. We no, can't bring he, it up. He would,
0: no.
2: <laughs> 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 right, on that note, well, I'll say goodbye to you both chaps, but uh, it was fun to take Finney down the world's most patchy memory lane ever. Um, and I'll see you both next week. Finney, enjoy captioning in thirty-five degrees tomorrow uh, on that uh, that ridiculous pitch with a tiny boundary. Have fun, mate. Thank you. And don't and forget kill- when I tune into YouTube, I want to see only funky cricket fields. I don't want to see a slip all day,
0: all day, never.
1: never. Well, I mean, if you're if you're bowling with a squashed Satsuma on a road, then there's no point in a slip, is there? Exactly. Have everybody. No, Everybody in front of the square. And I just want to say, before I go, a couple of little bits of housekeeping. Emma Lamb's 100 was the fifth fastest 100 for a maiden 100 by a woman playing for England in a test match. Nat Siver has now got the top three fastest 50s. They're, They're motoring. And they've got two more games against South Africa on Friday and Monday. So by the time we talk next, we will be able to dissect the marmalising genius of the England women's team.
2: Absolutely. And go well, England women and men's teams this week, and we'll see you next week. Chaps, I'm going to let you go. I'm terrified my laptop is 200 degrees. I'm not going to save this, so uh, I'm going to let you go and say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. (laughs)